When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tone it down. Welcome it to the next episode, the 22nd episode of the Corridor Cast. That's right, boys and girls. Well, we're doing this thing, and today's episode sponsor is Castbox. That's right, Castbox is a audio platform for podcasts. It's one of the best, it's one of the fastest, and it's got everything you want on there. So, if you guys like podcasts and you like listening to them, consider listening to this one on Castbox. Nice. I have another sponsor. Actually, it's, we we lost sponsorship. Did we? It's uh, the Tea Tree Toothpicks. Oh, we did lose we, Tea uh, Tree. We were sponsored after, by them last episode, yeah, but uh, after all the bad comments about toothpicks, <laughs> they decided to drop us from Guys, their roster. we're sorry. <laughs> so we, we had a big a conversation about we taking have to, responsibility. I think Sam yes, is here to tell you. So I have to apologize. <laughs> for tea we tree. made a mistake. We had toothpicks, and they're all over the place. Yeah. Now they're gone forever. Right. Now they're gone forever, and they'll never be back again. Unless so, we make another mistake. That's not true either. You'll have to apologize for that when I bring your toothpick back on for the next podcast. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, that's one of those things we're going to keep apologizing for. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to be taking, responsibil- we're taking responsibility for that constantly. <laughs> we're referencing a conversation we had before this began. So, anyways, yeah. all right, here we go. So, we've got Ren with us as well today. Hello, Ren. Hey, how's it going, everyone? My name is Ren from the, uh, the Corridor Crew YouTube channel and the Corridor <laughs> Digital YouTube channel. He makes, uh, he's a VFX Incredible artist. Incredible content. And uh, he's a content creator. Yeah. Okay. I uh, produce right, for the guys. internet. So, let's talk about a couple different things today. Um, yeah, let's do the it. first thing on the agenda is... Uh, there's a new Bill and Ted movie happening. Woo! Breaking news. Breaking news. We're starting with the important stuff. We're starting it over the important stuff. <laughs> Apparently, Hammerstone Studios announced Wednesday that production on a third installment of the Bill and Ted franchise will begin this summer with Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, who are now 54 and 53, respectively, wow. reprising their roles as metalhead slackers. Apparently, in the new movie, a now middle-aged Bill and Ted set off on a new adventure when a visitor from the future warns them. Middle-aged, yeah. It's kind of like late for being like middle-aged. middle-aged. <laughs> in, a new, in the new movie, a late middle-aged <laughs> yeah, set off on a new adventure when a visitor from the future warns them that o- their only song can save life as we know it and bring harmony to the universe. Wow. The movie's set to drop August of 20. That's just the description of the second film. Yeah, it kind of is, yeah. So does the world need this, and will you see it? Oh. I never saw any of the first ones. Me neither. Really? Yeah. The first one was a little jank, and it was kind of like one of those like indie films that like it was kind of popular. It was like the Terminator of the Terminator franchise, the first one. The second one, Bogus Journey, was great in my opinion. I, uh, I feel, I feel I like it. I know the memes and stuff from it and like references, but I've never actually seen them. So because they die and they go to hell, and then they like they play they like in the second one they manage to escape like Satan, and this is like weird like trippy eighties hell and stuff, not like 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 that, and then they like play uh, the Grim Reaper for their life back and like that's right checkers. yep because you can pick three games to play against the Grim Reaper and yeah. so they pick like guess who checkers and like something else one other one that he doesn't know how to play yeah. and then they <laughs> fool him yep and <laughs> yeah. then they go to heaven anyways um, and it gets really weird and they meet these weird creatures <laughs> and then they come back to earth and then they have a, a concert 
where they're like fighting robot versions of themselves that are like playing <laughs> guitar, but then they also have time travel, so they keep they keep doing these things. Where like like one guy drops a cage, and then they have like, oh, well, we went back in time, we put a key in the cage, and they pull out this key. It's like, well, I went back in time, I put another cage over your cage, and like. It's really trippy. You remember this movie really well. I I, yeah. I haven't seen it in about ten years, and you're bringing stuff back in my memory now. After wow. you're, after <laughs> this you're is one of those movies this. where, uh, like, it was on TV. Like when I came home from like, or it was like Saturday. It was on TV, and I happened to like tape it on right. VHS. Right. And I watched it afterwards, and like it totally caught me by surprise. It's like The Matrix when I was on an airplane and I watched The Matrix for the first time on an airplane. It's like, whoa, Jesus Christ! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a little bit like that. It wasn't as good as The Matrix, but uh, you mean he's the one? Yeah, they happened to both star Keanu Reeves. So Keanu Reeves just surprises me with good movies here and there. Yeah. They'll do that. I, I just hope yeah. it's a little more serious, like right? You know, because the, the thing with these movies, it's like, uh, it's like, are they just going to be man children in this? Like they are in the. I hope it's originals. not a Dumb and Dumber Two situation. Yeah, because like. I, I started watching some of those Will Ferrell movies that I'd missed, like, you know, Step Brothers and stuff, and there's some funny stuff in there, but it's also really weird because <laughs> they're man children. Do you think they'll address, <laughs> well, like, what happens to the... So in the in the previous one, they were, like, teenage or early 20s metalheads. Do you think they'll address what happens to somebody that's a metalhead in their teens and 20s? And or, George Carlin's dead. He was, like, their, like, right. guide, their time yeah. guide. He was oh, wow. their guide, yeah. You're right, like... Oh, they're going to show what leading a responsible adult life is like after yeah, it's like enjoying metal in your 20s? Bill is uh, an insurance agent, and Ted's a... Yeah, he's a music teacher. Uh, yeah, a music teacher. Yeah, they own a metal label. I'm like 60% sure it's based on a comic book, by the way. Anyway, will you guys see this? That's pretty high probability. I Maybe. will probably not see it, but okay. I'm not opposed to seeing it. I'll probably like pick it up on Redbox or something. I don't know. Okay. Watch on DVD. If it's good reviews. No, Blu-rays, dude. Blu-rays. <laughs> Look out. Watch an HD DVD. <laughs> Snap. I prefer renting Blu-rays over streaming Why don't something. you just rent something on Amazon? Because it's streaming. Right. It's got all the blocks. The I prefer blocks. watching movies that are 50 gigabytes as opposed to one. Mm-hmm. But why? Because they download the blocks onto the screen and they can't see the image clearly. I don't know. I'm just, I like, I like having the, the visual clarity You're that a Blu-ray gives. You're mm sounds like and it's like it's it's super cheap it's cheaper to rent a blu-ray than it is to rent something off of amazon it's How like a it? third of the price it's I'm, like two dollars Ren, i think oh. are you the kind of guy who sets your tv's sharpening to a hundred percent no <laughs> do you have motion interpolation turned on on your tv hell no no god well you don't even have a tv that you should be auto turned yeah, off <laughs> at all times i have a 110 inch screen except if you're playing video games yeah but the fact that that's the default setting What's worse, and then old people don't know how to turn it off. Yeah. What's worse are yeah. the TVs I know, I know. that keep oh, re-enabling that feature, and that's becoming more and more of a thing over the last couple yeah. of years. That you turn, it off, you turn it off, and then and yeah. sometimes you don't even have to turn the TV off. After like five minutes, it automatically turns it back on. But why? I don't know why. I would break my TV. If yeah, that. yeah. Big I would TV straight up return it if you did that to me. Big TV, big chain. <laughs> Everyone's big, against us, big man. TV man, trying to make that footage smooth. <laughs> I don't want it to be smooth. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right. Moving on. Um, hey, can we talk about the new VR headset that was announced? Yeah, sure. let's talk about this. Can we talk about that? Yeah, you the can Oculus We got some heavy topics here, but S. I want to keep it a There's little light. There's some heavy topics that we're going to get into. Nico wants to do a couple more warm-up laps before we get into them. Go right. ahead, Nico. <clears throat> All right, so the Rift S was announced recently. And if you guys are familiar with the current VR market, you basically have the Vive. You have the Oculus Rift, which are, for all intents and purposes, kind of the same thing. Basically, you set up things are going to watch your headset, and then your headset is tracked in 3D space. The difference is that the Oculus requires cameras, whereas the Vive just has these like laser emitters, um, and all the cameras are built on the headset. 
Um, there's been Windows Mixed Reality headsets kind of coming out over the past couple months that are basically there's no things you set up for tracking. All the cameras are built into the headset. And it's just doing real-time 3D tracking. The came, same kind of real-time 3D tracking you basically can get with your phone when you do like do like an augmented reality thing with your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so Oculus recently announced the Rift S, which is basically the same thing as the Oculus Rift, except instead of using cameras plugged into your computer, it has the cameras on the headset and is doing inside-out tracking. So it's basically doing the same oh. tracking your phone is doing. Um, there's been a couple other basic changes, like they switched the lens type, the head strap is like the head strap on the PlayStation VR. Good, um, I like it. The screen's no longer OLED, it's LCD, it's slightly higher resolution. But for all intents and purposes, like th- these things are kind of lateral moves, and of course... Of course, when something like this is announced, every single VR enthusiast out there who owns an Oculus is like, what? This isn't an upgrade. Oh, I was expecting better. Oculus, Facebook doesn't care about VR. Oculus might as well just throw it in the garbage. I waited three years for this. Screw this. It's just a downgrade. And, like, of course, it's just all complaints. They the don't get it. They don't they just get it. don't get it. <laughs> they want better content, but they only want it for, like, their their hardcore yeah why aren't machines? there more roads built for my Lamborghinis? <laughs> 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 that's that's funny. I mean that's more or less an accurate statement. So, so Nico, why is that a uh, like a misinterpretation of what's important about this? Yeah. So what's important about this? Like first off, there's nothing that's really a downgrade on the headset. Everything's either a slight upgrade or just kind of a lateral move, which is my new favorite thing to say. A, a lateral, lateral move. move. Like, going from an OLED screen that's slightly lower resolution to an LCD screen that's slightly higher resolution is more or less a lateral move. You trade off good black levels for more resolution, etc. What's, sorry, uh, what's the price on the Rift S? 400 bucks. That's great. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, so here's the thing. Setting up cameras is the worst. And you guys might think it's fine if you have a Rift, and that's cool. But in reality, it's actually the worst. <laughs> yeah. First off... If your computer doesn't have good USB ports, three of them or two of them, if you want to do room scale, uh, you got to get an expensive USB card. you got to be troubleshooting it. I've read plenty of threads of people that struggle with this stuff. So setting up cameras is the worst. And not to mention, like, I have my Vive upstairs. I use it once in a while. But honestly, it's incredibly inconvenient to use because every time I want to use it, i got to go and i got to put everything out. i got to set it all up. i got to do room scale again. And it's annoying as heck. Uh, first is just being able to plug in my headset, put it on, and start. That's wonderful, and I don't care if everything else is the same. Just being able to plug it in and turn it on is great. And for the vast majority of people out there who want to do VR, they aren't—they can't deal with setting up cameras, and they can't deal with troubleshooting three USB 3.0 ports in their computer. Yeah. They just—you need like at this point, you can run VR on most machines. It's like if they're coming out with the Quest, which is basically on a mobile phone, VR games are going to work on most machines. But the issue is getting three USB 3.0 ports to like power your three cameras and then getting cables long enough to stretch to the other side of the room, that's not going to happen for 99% of the people out there. So what Oculus has done is they've made a headset that's basically the same as the Oculus Rift in terms of your VR experience, but you don't need cameras to track it. You don't need Vive's lighthouses to track it. It's just a self-contained headset. You plug it in and you start playing. So it's easier to use and it's cheaper and this means well, it's that the it's... the same price as the Rift right now. Okay, I mean, sure, but like cheaper than when it first came out they right, were like right, $800 right. $600 uh, but my point is that it's it's cheap enough that your average Joe can go out and like kind of buy one now exactly. it's, it's a big console price but it's not like you know they're buying a thousand dollar computer it's, I, well, it's, my point I is find that it so, no I'm I just I'm shaking my head because I think it's funny how this is like a topic 
that people find controversial in any manner. Well, it's because they wanted to have a better headset. They wanted yeah. to have a big upgrade. They wanted to have 8K per eye, yada, yada. But and they want it gonna... to be probably cheaper somehow, too. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. this is going to bring more people to VR, which is going to encourage more developers to make VR games and just kind of push the entire industry yeah. forward. And that's yeah. why I'm excited. Yeah, totally. Same reason why I'm excited about the one-wheel pint. It's going to bring more people to riding one-wheels. That's why but... I don't play VR games in my place, because I don't want to deal with setting up cameras. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the biggest issues with VR right now is not really your headset resolution. I mean, that'd be nice to have more resolution. The biggest issues with VR right now is the tracking and the software. People want the Nintendo Switch in VR form, but the problem is that the technology is 20 years behind. Yeah. And so it, you need that time. I mean, honestly, the conversation that you're seeing right now, the Switch is a great analogy because the conversation you're seeing right now is the exact same thing. Like when the Switch came out, it's like, the Switch, it's so underpowered. Look at it. It's so tiny. And who would take that to a party? I got my PlayStation 4. Why isn't the Switch better than the PlayStation 4? It's like, well, no, they're <laughs> different goals, different things. Yeah. It's like this is going to make VR way more accessible for everybody that has a gaming computer. Well, what do you think about the Oculus Quest then, which is basically the same thing, but it's entirely self-contained and it has positional tracking? I love the idea of the Oculus Quest from a hardware point of view. Like, that's that's the end goal. You don't need a computer. You just put your headset on and you go. That That's awesome. Yeah. I don't love the idea that, A, I can't plug it into my computer to, you know, basically just run it like a regular headset where I can have better graphics. And, B, it's really, it's Facebook just trying to pull an Apple apple store kind of thing where what they really want with oculus quest is their walled garden where you have to buy every game from their store which is kind of the same thing going on with the nintendo switch or you know anything like that but like what they're doing with that like there's no more i can't put mods in beat saber to play my own custom songs in the quest you know now it's all dlc that i'll have to pay play for i can't you know load up little indie itch.io games hold on you're starting to complain about the roads not being good for your lamborghini (laughs) (laughs) i mean but this is this is a a natural concern for the quest that you're going to have to buy all your software from the oculus store of course but then i feel like that's not a problem though like on my playstation i always just buy all my games through the playstation hold on yeah what okay so nintendo has that walled garden but the thing is we know that Deep down, Nintendo has this pure, soft, friendly, innocent heart. And all <laughs> yeah. their games stem from that that feeling. Uh-huh. And then you look at Facebook, it's like, what kind of games are they going to have in their wall? Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear you there. Like, what kind sure. of like shady, like, like hunchback, <laughs> like penguin-like villain is like... They're going to let other the people roster. in there. Yeah, they're going to yeah. let other people in the garden through the back door, yeah. and you're not going to know they're there. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I think the other thing too and is like they're also going to sell your head movements to advertisers. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking at the most? Once eye tracking becomes a thing, that is going to be something yeah. that is sold through. True. That. Guarantee that's, you. Like, yeah, how many ads we're... did you look at? Where on the ad did you look? Well, it's all YouTube. Facebook's going to know all you... that, and they're going to sell that information. I, I think it's fantastic that YouTube finally has that though, with their like the YouTube Studio. The, just how many times has your thumbnail been shown to someone, and how many times have they clicked on it? It's like we're that's so close to like that eye data. Yeah, you know, and that, yeah. it's fascinating. Oh man, those red arrows! Can't we just see more of those? But bom, 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 bom. <laughs> <laughs> I think at the end of the day, though, like with the the whole walled garden thing, with VR being as young as it is, there's so many great experiences that aren't polished final games that you can get on the PC. That realistically, I feel like what you're going to get the most of in the Oculus Store is like the wave shooters that are super polished, you know, versus like really cool experimental but unfinished things, which I think is where the most fun in VR lies these days, you're not going to get that with the Quest. But those are more in-depth like experiences, right? It's like, well, isn't the Quest about bringing 
bringing a VR gaming to a much larger audience, so you don't really need those. Right, really, but the like, games you're going to play on the Quest aren't going to be like you don't know that though. You're not. You I don't mean, know that the games it. are. I mean, I kind of know it. <laughs> but that's not necessarily. It's like it doesn't have to be that way. You're going to get your Space Pirate Trainer remix. You're going to get your Beat Saber with the same ten songs you've been playing. And maybe five new ones. And guess what? Those are actually great games for someone who's never played VR before. True, true. But you'll play Space Pirate Trainer for like a day. You'll play Beat Saber for more than a day. Beat Saber is great. Yeah. But you'll play Space Pirate Trainer for a day, and you're like, okay, that's neat. But it's the equivalent of riding a jet ski. Yeah. It's neat. You'll do it once or twice, and then it'll sit in your dock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not, sorry, like owning a jet ski. I seek out jet skis. It's like owning a frequently. Pool. It's yeah, a pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I'm being a little harsh in the quest, but a little harsh. The at the end of the day, it's like the Virtual Boy, but just better graphics. It's really just it's a wait to see <gasps> what what great story based RPGs are in the Virtual Boy. <laughs> it's a wait and see kind of thing with software because even yeah. on my Switch yeah. right now, there's actually not a lot of games worth buying on the Switch. Okay, mm-hmm. I mean, assuming well, d- that you've had depends it, depends like, on how car- hardcore of a gamer you are. I yeah. only actually only uh, like five or six. That's about how much I have. I yeah, like yeah. That see, much. but that's what I'm saying. A whole console. It's like looking for, for the next thing games. now since Smash Brothers. Nothing's really catching me, you know? So. It was Dark Souls. Maybe when the new Zelda comes out, the Link to the Past. I mean, but here's the thing. That's still enough games. Like, I'm still playing that Switch every single day. Yeah. It's crazy. I've been I've been playing that as much, if not more, than my PC. But I just picked up Civ Six for the iPad, and that is Uh-oh. a leisurely game if I've ever played one before. Wow. Sit on the couch and poke at those iPad. hexagons. Oh, yeah. man. And shoot nukes at Gandhi I don't know day. why more developers <laughs> haven't smartened up and ported their stuff to yeah. iPad because like totally. Man and Conquer totally. or like even these like story based like adventure games like even like the old Lucas Lucas uh, games or whatever what are they called LucasArts games LucasArts yeah, yeah. Like, stuff like that. Like, gosh. I mean, Grim Fandango's on there, and Grim Fandango is a great experience on iPad. Oh, great. Inside is on iPad. And if you yeah. haven't played Inside and you own an iPad, buy it right now. Inside? Inside. It's also Never great on PC. It. It's a, it'd be great to play on your projector. Trust me. It's so good. Okay. It's, yeah. whew, dude, it's the moodiest, coolest. It's like, it's like, it's like a storybook. <laughs> Except you're playing. Stories, I'm already uninterested. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about. Uh, it's like a MOBA. <laughs> so you're not in it. like a MOBA. No. <laughs> Let's talk about uh, videos online, whether they're good or bad. Okay. Uh, you videos ready for this? online. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we do. I know. That's why it's relevant to this podcast. I know. Yeah. So uh, this 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 is a heavier topic. YouTube and Facebook have defended themselves in response to the Christchurch attack videos. Um, if you. All are probably familiar with at this point. Uh, last Friday, uh, the Christchurch mosque shootings or mosque shootings uh, were live streamed online, um, and YouTube and Facebook have defended themselves against policymakers who accuse them of failing to act quickly enough, stating that their moderation uh, is as good as possible given the number of videos uploaded. So here's some stats that came out on Tuesday. Facebook stated that while the original stream was viewed live fewer than 200 times and non-live by 4,000 people before it was removed, copies of it spread so rapidly that by Saturday evening, they had removed more than 1.5 million re-uploads. YouTubers forced to remove human review from the takedowns due to the fact that, quote, the volume, this is from somebody at YouTube, the volume of related YouTube videos uploaded, sorry, the volume of related videos uploaded to YouTube within the first 24 hours after the attack was unprecedented at times as fast as a new upload every second. So 
there's a lot of issues we could get into there, but my main one that I want to ask is that the real issue seems to be why would so many people try to re-upload this? What does that say? And is that possible grounds for more moderation in digital media? I guess the question is, is it news or is it people trying to get views? That's what I'm saying. Like, why would 1.5 million people re-upload this by Saturday evening on Facebook after only 200 people saw it live? Yeah, I think that's interesting, that thought process. The thought process from you seeing it for the first time, whether you're horrified or you're shocked or you, I mean, who right. knows? I mean, but like, I'm sure some people are getting why a would, out of it. Why would you re-upload that video other than to for the like immediate goal of alerting authorities. You know what I mean? Like obviously, okay, yeah, I see a bad video, I need to get it out so people are aware that this happened. I mean I see there's two things. One, you just want to horrify and shock other people, aka it's the same thing reason you send them anything else, it stimulates people's emotions. But this one just being more extreme. Or B I mean isn't they talk about glorifying, you know, people in their acts of mass violence like people do acts of mass violence to get attention mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and for what it's if worth, you're re-uploading the video you're giving them attention yeah. i have not seen the video pop up at all i've not seen it i've not even seen yeah, it for the video i have no I idea what the either. shooter's face looks like i have no idea what his name is and normally that's fairly rare i've seen none of that so one and a half million uploads of this video has never crossed my path that's at all. what i'm saying is like they there's is policymakers have looked at them and they've said you got i mean honestly it's kind of a it's just a situation that allows them to say something they've been wanting to say the whole time which is digital media needs to be regulated and mm. this is just a this is just a catalyst that allows them to say that but the fact that these many uploads happened and none of us here saw i mean we didn't seek them I out thought either they did a pretty good job that's yeah. incredible exactly an, right? a new upload every second onto your site and you have robots that just go in and it's just like turn off you know <laughs> like that's amazing the fact that 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 they can control it to that degree of specificity now i mean i think this is a good thing they're doing i think youtube doesn't want people like youtube as a company should never want people to be uploading videos like this no because really if it's the day after or a couple weeks like up to hell even like a year after that's all glorifying the act it's not historical at that point like down the line sure like you can let yeah. it be a historical thing for reference but right now if there's 1.5 million people uploading it it's a bit of a like that's the exact kind of buzz like if you're uploading that video you are doing exactly what that shooter wanted you to do and you're kind of a piece of shit so I'm just going to say that. You're, Ooh, not, you're not spreading ooh. news around. <laughs> you're spicy not, times. Yeah. Spicy times. Hey, you're right, not well, thinking beyond. You're not I agree with beyond, you, Nico. Honestly. Uh, your acts there. And you need to think deeper than what you're doing. You're, all right. You, you guys ready? You can, you can making, hold on. No, no, I'm going to finish real quick. You can be making the argument that you're trying to preserve it for news. That's fine. Leave it on your hard drive for a month, a year, or whatever. And then if you need to archive it and put it out there for people to reference... Sure, but, but right turn, now yeah. you're just you're just grabbing those views and trying to shock your friends, and that's kind of bullshit. You're turning around, you're uploading it the next day because you know people are going to be searching for it, and you want to get views. Mm -hmm. That's wrong. Yeah, I, yeah, but I well, it's probably a certain number of people who are doing that. I I don't know if that's you know what I for some reason my optimistic side is like there's no way that that could be the majority. Of why people are doing it. You don't think it's that's the majority of why? Thing. It's not. It's not. It's I'm not. I'm not saying like everyone's like, oh, I can make money off of this video. I, 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 for, I feel like deep down inside, I don't feel 
Like that's the driving goal of the majority of those re-uploads. So what I would, would agree you with feel that. Yeah, I mean, there's be? morbid curiosity for morbid sure. Morbid curiosity, awareness. But you don't need to satisfy that morbid cetera, curiosity cetera. by glorifying a killer the moment it happens. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I guess that's the thing. Does a re-upload glorify? Just by just a neutral upload. I drag a file and I hit, I hit upload. Is that did I just glorify something? I mean, you're being way abstracter. The day after it happens, yes. Okay. Well, yes, you're okay. glorifying it the day, after, the day after it happens. You're yeah. going out of your way to give power to that person. Well, this also brings up a thing. Do you think that, uh, for example, the people that did this and committed this, do you think that their names and faces should be even reported? Okay. Yeah. It's no. like it's like when no. they don't show a streaker at a video or at a at a sports event. Mm-hmm. Now, this is obviously a much more horrific version of that. But yeah, no, do don't you think give, the don't same give them attention? Okay, I, get that. Apply I, here. I get that. I get that. I mean, wait, you get that, but answer Jake's question. Can you restate your question? question My question is, do you think that the names and faces of the people that commit these sort mm-hmm. of acts should be publicly stated? Well, here's, here's the, some, I mean, first off, obviously, Sam, are you answering let, hold on, hold on. Yeah, <laughs> let's let this, is, this is complex. It is. It's because this is, complex. there's a really bad sounding thought experiment that I'm putting myself through recently here when I, after hearing about this story, because the common narrative has in, in in media and with people has been when something really bad happens, like clamp up down on it, ignore it, pretend it doesn't happen, don't share it, don't give them the attention, et cetera, et cetera, because that is supposed to psychologically counteract um, or discourage other people from doing horrific things. I think that's pretty it, it, over the last decade or so it's kind of risen in popularity to where I think it's now that's that's what everyone says and once again it's like I don't I don't like watching violent videos I don't like seeing this stuff like I don't think people should do it but at the same time um, there's a part of me where it's like I think particularly particularly here in the United States you know everyone jokes about thoughts and prayers like uh, very frequently like you'd see people say thoughts and prayers and that became a meme okay right. that became a meme as a response to something horrific and tragic happening right and well people criticize thoughts and prayers because thoughts and prayers don't do anything all you're doing is you're, you're igno- basically ignoring it and moving on until the next one happens because you're not contributing anything and more and more as i think about that this is once again this is particularly in the united states not things in like new zealand because their response was fast. They were like, boom, things are banned. Boom, no guns. Boom, action taken. Okay? But here in the United States, it's something that happens way more regularly than in New Zealand mm-hmm. and Australia. And so, as I was saying, to get back on that thread, thoughts and prayers has been now now a, a meme because of its ineffectivity, effectively. Yeah. <laughs> but then at the same time, you have this other response, which is, Ignore it. Hide the names. Hide the faces. Talk about it. But like, basically, we're we're cutting off all the edges here of this discussion. Just saying something really bad happened, and 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 I think just this is the thought experiment. But is the inaction in the United States on these mass tragedies partially due to the fact that people aren't getting the skit like the shit scared out of them? You know what I mean? When they like. Because, you know, like, if you see something crazy online, you see a violent video, you walk away with, like, that, like, weird, scared adrenaline rush of, like, oh, my God, life is so, so, so important, you know, and so, like, like, valuable. Hold on, you made an assertion. You said people aren't getting the shit scared out of them. That's a false assertion. Well, 
if, if I, I feel like, I mean, the Sandy Hook shooting was awful. <clears throat> I, Everybody I, knows it was awful, I, and I, you don't need a video to know it was awful. Well, I I know, but but then why why does does this keep happening? You know. Well, there are a lot there's of a reasons. Whole other a lot of reasons. It's not yeah. because people aren't seeing the videos. The, people, I mean, not a, because people don't feel like it's... There's a lot of reasons why they, these things keep happening, <laughs> yeah, but it's sure. not like you can boil it down to one particular thing. I, know, I mean, I, it's a it's a it's a host of issues. Well, if, if the, the, but, put this, maybe that's not what you're trying to say. That's not what I'm. What I'm, I'm not trying to say this is the only reason. And I agree, it's a big host of issues. It's a lot of things. But is this one of them? You know, well, you're it's also just, saying it's, that like, we like, just don't talk about these shootings because of that. But it's like we still. Re- the events themselves are still reported on. They're still talked about quite a bit. Yeah. But there's a re- it's a bit more of a recent push than I think you're letting on of not specifically not showing two things: the face and the name. Yeah. The yeah I don't. I th- I don't think we should ignore them at all. I'm just saying it's like giving credit to the person and putting their name out there, like Timothy McVeigh. Everyone's heard that guy's name because he's the Unabomber. No. Yeah. He, he's the guy that blew up uh, the Oklahoma City. The Unabomber's a different guy. Yeah, it yeah, is? Yeah, okay, yeah. well, whatever. You get my Ted point. Kaczynski Ted Kaczynski. Ted Kaczynski, I shouldn't be saying these names, I'm, but whatever. Fuck I'm sorry. It. But that's whatever. my point, is people, everyone knows their They're name. Infamous. John Wayne They're Gacy. Yeah. You know, like, all these, all these horrible people. Now, if you don't give them that satisfaction, which is the satisfaction that they want, ultimately, that's all I think I'm trying to say. Yeah, but well, I guess, I guess my, my, my point is being derived more from the response to... Like Australia and I guess here's the other difference. Sorry, but I want to answer your question because you did pose a question here. I do want to I want to throw out my two cents on it. It's one thing to show a video that say somebody else filmed from outside of like the aftermath or something like that. Like uh, in the Paris uh, nightclub shooting, you had video people took of the street of like the SWAT teams getting ready to enter the building, for example. Yeah, yeah. It's another thing to show the killer's own video that he live streamed where he's making quips and jokes and talking about stuff like. Don't play his video. Don't play the killer's propaganda. Okay. So news is one yeah. thing. You can show the news. You know, you can show yeah. like the aftermath, you can show footage other people might have gotten of the moment, their experiences, the horror. But don't don't uh glorify the killer's own like the killer's own propaganda, his own video, his own attention. You're giving power yeah, to his, him or her when that happens. I I've only Usually heard, it's heard <laughs> very lightly that it's there's like these yeah. horrific no, there was comedic one elements one time. Well, no, but in I think that, that, that's that's oh. that's the actual <laughs> response to that she wasn't thought experiment. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. the actual like what you just said is the first answer I think I've heard to that because you know once again I haven't seen this I haven't seen this shit and I like um, so it's it's a thing where it's like you hear it's like uh, I can imagine death I guess and violence but I can't imagine like all these weird super jacked up things that you're mentioning mm-hmm. like the cons- like I did hear that meme thing or like this quip thing it's like I don't know what is in contained within it but yeah but you're right if it's like from that perspective of if it's part of this killer's propaganda it kind of belongs in that camp but yeah yeah versus just the concept of general awareness of what death and tragedy and there's nothing wrong with like. morbid curiosity yeah either like that's part of being human yeah you know, exactly confronting death like i think reddit banning the sub watch people die like they were using this as an excuse to ban that sub most people weren't going there to like get off and watching people die. People were going there to understand death. Like it's part of it's part of the human experience. Yeah, because you know? well, yeah. that's the topic I'm mostly talking to but, here. It's like, does, do we see like is that facet of this conversation playing into the United States' ineffectivity with handling the situation properly? I don't know. Because that I know that's big. <laughs> I, 
I I do think though on that Reddit banning that that subreddit. I mean, morbid curiosity. Yes, everyone has like you know considered. Oh, what what does a dead person look like, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but unfettered access to that at a young age, I think, could be damaging. Um, I think that it, like like sex ed or other topics, it needs to be done in a sort of constructive environment. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they should even like have a class on like death in general for kids so that they understand what it is in a in a constructive manner rather than just like here's a bunch of images of people dying on on the internet <laughs> here's a shocking like yeah watch it i mean numb. i remember the first time me and my buddy snuck to the video store and somehow we got a copy of faces of death mm-hmm. and i was like 10 and it was way too much for me at the yeah. time, and I never wanted to see anything like that ever again. Yeah, there's also and something about that VHS like filterized like yeah. snuff footage that's like so horrifying. Most of it's fake, like, right? But, but I didn't know. I that. know, right? It's and crazy. Then, and then the other thing is like that could have had just an opposite effect on me if I would have just had like a couple things in my brain wired slightly differently. You know, now all of a sudden, instead of me never wanting to see it again, I'm now all of a sudden obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. And just I think. You know, maybe that's an argument for why they, you know, banning things like that is is not a bad idea. But yeah. Um, anyway, I think yeah, there's exactly. a lot of there's a lot of questions there that will never be answered. But I think my point that I wanted to make with bringing up this topic was just like, let's ask ourselves why so many people would want to re-upload that, and and maybe consider um, if if there's small things that can be done differently like maybe not using the people's names or faces mm-hmm. and things mm-hmm. like that that might help alleviate some of this yeah yeah i feel like that's a small thing that goes a really long way it's yeah. like a small yeah. little thing just don't say the name don't show the picture of the person's face and it's like i feel like it's such a small act that does so much more than the actual effort in order to do it yeah right i think one thing you're seeing that's interesting too is you're seeing a cultural shift around that like people are becoming aware of don't say the name don't say the face mm-hmm. and that's like spreading more and more and at the end of the day it's cultural shifts. I've talked about this before on the podcast, yeah. but it's cultural shifts that cause a change. It's not government regulations. It's not Facebook policies. Like what actually causes a shift is people going, you know what? I'm not going to share that video. I'm not going to watch the video. I'm not going to seek it out. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to give power to that person. It's that cultural shift that actually changes things. And that's what needs to spread. You can try to make all the rules you want in the world. But at the end of the day, like human beings, like they're going to do their own thing. We make thing. our own rules. Yeah, man. Like, <laughs> there's there's human nature, and like you can try to make as many rules against human nature as you want, but it's not until like human culture shifts that human nature can become something different. Totally. All right. Let's talk about something happier. Yeah, let's talk about something lighter. Um, here's a cool uh, The thing majority of things in the world are good. That's I true, agree. actually. Yeah. The majority, more people in the world are are uh, doing uh, good things every single day that survive. don't get reported. Yeah, doing doing fun and uh, exciting and things. Here's one thing, and that's they're happening. most likely surviving them. Right. So Lily Singh, like flying planes. Or... You all know her as Superman on YouTube here. Uh, <laughs> what? La- Superwoman. Superwoman. So, yeah. Sorry. Superman. Lily Singh, aka Superwoman, uh, was selected to host uh, a late night NBC show that will replace the uh, Carson Daly's Last Call, which is going off the air after 17 years. Uh, is this announced- a lateral move, Nico? <laughs> or is this an upgrade? So the new shows reported around a half hour will include interviews as well as pre-taped segments and comedy sketches, and it makes Singh one of a few women in history to host a late-night program on a broadcast network. Um, 
I'm all about this. I think this is really yeah. cool. I uh, think this is fantastic on almost every single level. Yeah, like she not only is she um she's she's she knows what the YouTube grind is, you know? She started just like everyone else. Um she like has a loyal audience that and she makes stuff that's actually creative and um, yeah, I've never met her uh, personally, but everything that yeah, she's I mean she's talented and witty. Yeah, um, she seems like a, this seems like a really cool thing, and I think it's also just another big step in the blending of traditional and digital media, which eventually those terms will go away. I think entirely. Yeah. I do think it was a very smart move on NBC's part to bring her on. They, hey, yeah. what are the kids doing? Oh, they're watching this uh, Superwoman. <laughs> <laughs> she does this with her fingers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. It's just like every once in a while, like those people, those like those 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 gray, you yeah. know, elderly like executives, you know, that they, they make a good move. You yeah, know? totally. Unlike the guys at the Oscars. <laughs> 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 but these NBC execs, they they got something going. It seems. Yeah, that's pretty cool though. It's pretty sweet. I yeah, mean, I think it's good for everyone. Uh, like you know, just having. Having access now for people like us yeah. or other people in you know in our community having access to her having that having that platform as well, you know it's just yeah just so it goes to show you you can be a YouTuber and talented at the same time right it's and even though she's anymore. even though she's Canadian I feel like this is like a this is what? like the epitome of <laughs> of the American dream right here so. Anyway, I think it's cool. You don't have to be American to be the epitome of the American dream. That's true. That's part of that's part of the American dream, right, right there. Yeah, exactly. we're all that's Americans. the beauty of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we have to do something with that. That is so funny. <laughs> just messing around. Stop hitting the table. Sorry, the table's Sam just, just right for space. Let's write a country time. and western song, Sam. God in heaven, everyone's American. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god! Uh, wow. All right. Do you guys want to talk about? We're going to talk about both of these. But do you want to talk about Project Stadia first, or uh, yes? Yeah, let's talk about Project Stadia. Project thing. Stadia. Okay. We didn't even get to the second topic. What was the second topic going to be? An interesting copyright thing. Project Stadia. <laughs> All right. So I'm I'm pretty excited about this. Right. I think this will be cool. Someone explain. Yes. Yes. Please Here go. go. Explique. Phil Harrison, who used to work for, I think it was Sony. Uh, has now been working for Google and leading this project. And Project Stadia was basically, you guys remember OnLive back in the day? Yes. So OnLive was like a little box you put on your TV and when it would stream your basically, okay, I'm doing a horrible job. It's like a <laughs> gaming streaming service. Right, here it's we go. like Netflix for games. Well, no, what does that mean? Like Twitch? Heck no. Here's how it works. But for playing. Your computer is Don't stored at Google's data center. Your controller is at your house, and what happens is you hit your input on your controller, it goes into your Wi-Fi, it goes to the internet, it goes to their data center, it changes something on their computer, and it sends back your image. So basically, imagine your console being really far away in someone else's network hub. <laughs> but That's basically what Project Stadia but is. But OnLive sucked, because the latency sucked, mm -hmm. and that is kind of the issue with all online gaming. Yeah, yeah. it's just latency. latency. Yes, because you're waiting for your signal to go all the way out there, hit their computer, get rendered, and come all the way back and get displayed on so your TV. So how is this different? So Google, as you might know, owns the internet, basically. <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of servers. I'm being a little facetious here, but Google has a lot of network infrastructure. So they're getting around all the different hops and changes and connections that you have to do, and they're just straight piping it right to their server. And here's the other thing. You might imagine that, like, oh, when you send a signal, it has to like, go to the other side of like America. 
The reality is that Google has a data center probably within a 50-mile radius of where you are, no matter where you are in America. There's, yeah. I think, 7,500 or 6,500 data centers. Really? So, in America? Yeah, in America. Wow. So every single city basically has one in it. Um, so at that point, all you're doing when you're hitting a button is just, like, if we're here in our studio and we wanted to use it, it's just going to a data center that's maybe a mile away in downtown and coming back. It's probably that data center we filmed Sync at. <laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah. So it's really not going that far. And then Google has the network infrastructure to directly send it right there without hopping between a bunch of different hubs. So it becomes a lot faster. I've heard that the latency is like 20 to 30 milliseconds. Uh, and just for reference a frame at 60 frames per second is 16 milliseconds. So you're basically one frame behind your video game, which is more or less unnoticeable. The thing is, most people don't realize this, but if you have your video game console hooked up to your TV with HDMI, you're like 70 to 200 milliseconds behind. Yeah, and that's <laughs> if... Yeah, I've, I've played on some TVs that just have really slow processing speeds, so it's yeah. like the input lag from your controller. You press up, and you press down. <laughs> it's like, I can't even play on those no, TVs. No, neither can I. It's awful. But people didn't really notice until they got Guitar Hero, and it's like, huh, I'm missing a lot of notes on this TV for some reason. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so Project Stadia is basically like letting you not have to own a computer, not have to own a console. You just own your controller, and it connects to your Wi-Fi, and then you play from that, and it gets piped to your Chromecast or whatever on your TV. So or, your phone, or your phone, or your laptop. Or your iPad, or your laptop, any screen, basically. Yeah. It can hop to it. Uh, so you imagine you're playing on your TV, and you're like, pause, and you grab your controller, you go into your like kitchen, and you open your iPad, and you hit play, and then it just pops on your iPad, and you keep playing. That's pretty neat. It's really cool. But it's kind of been done before, right? I like that story, though. This What, what happened there? So you were playing on your TV, and you just got kicked off your TV. Yeah. And now you have to play on your iPad in the kitchen alone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, but now it's possible. <laughs> now it's possible. The thing is, there's things like Shadow Fine, PC, Dad. there's On Live. So like, what makes this different? Mm-hmm. Outside of, well, one, it's the latency and the fact that Google has a really fast infrastructure. But two, there's a couple other really unique things happening here. And this is what really starts to make it special. First off, your game state is being constantly saved. So that's kind of like the same of having a quick save that's going all the time. Just quick save, quick save, quick save, quick save, quick save, and it's just all being logged. And so imagine, if you will, you're watching Shroud play... PUBG. Well, actually, that wouldn't work. It's a multiplayer game. Imagine, if you will, you're watching uh, me and Sam at Node playing Resident Evil 2, the remake on PC. And we're getting this big boss fight. It's getting really crazy. We've got a bunch of rockets, and we're about to get in, in this awesome showdown. And you're like, boy, that looks fun. And then you click on it, and you go to that exact moment in the game on your Stadia setup and start playing it. Because any save state, you can load up. So it's like having a time code stamp for like a video, but for a video game. So you can just jump right to that moment and start playing right from that moment with the exact same settings and the exact with same With the people that are in the game? State. That could be pretty no, cool. No, you can do it with multiplayer. Okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, it has to be single player. It seems like it's really good That's for like crazy. story-based games too, yeah. where people are about to make a decision. You're like, whoa, 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 don't do that. And then you, like, you can hop in and see what happens. Yeah. Pick a new decision. But you can't hop in with the person that's in no. the single-player game. No. No, no. It's basically just like watching a, a game video and then just... Funk, suddenly you're playing it. So it'll give you all the same things that happened prior to that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah. It's like literally just stealing their game save and yeah. wonder, playing yeah. from that same point. I wonder... That, you know, here's something funny. That, that You know, uh, like, Twitch plays Pokemon? Like, mm-hmm. how they had this thing where there's, like, this group-based game that was going? Mm-hmm. You could probably do something really funny like that where you everyone... It's like musical 
games, basically, where you have a save state that's being streamed, <laughs> you know, and it's being passed around to like random users to have that's who get to make decisions, yeah. like one one button at, one button press at a time or something. That'd be cool, you know. Maybe each really person cool. has five seconds to do whatever. Yeah, they if want. I if everyone just five seconds in the game. <laughs> uh, somebody's having to steal your idea, Sam, and make that happen. What? Uh, when's this coming out? I don't know. Do you guys want to hear the dark side of Stadia? Always. Ooh. What's up? What's on? Lift up those servers. What's underneath? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are doing something interesting here with the controller. So they've designed their own new controller. You can continue to use USB controllers from any other game console from the last ten years or whatever. Um, but the Stadia controller is specifically hooking up to the server directly through Wi-Fi. It's not actually connecting to your Chromecast or your laptop or whatever. It's completely separate and it's communicating directly with the Google servers yeah. to decrease that lag even further. Which is crazy. Um, so I was like, okay, that's, I mean, it's the main reason why I've never really been interested in, in online uh, game streaming because it's like the latency is not there. But if it is there and I could just like pull out my phone and have like a great high quality PC gaming experience, just like all I have to do is have the internet. It's like, I think that's pretty interesting. But now I'm interested in hearing the dark side the of dark this. Side. The dark side. <clears throat> Imagine, if you will, a subscription-style platform for playing video games like YouTube, where they encourage you to create the most watch time, but instead it's play time for a video game. Whichever play time, video guys. Game gets the most play time, gets the biggest slice of the ad revenue and subscription revenue. You get the so biggest anybody pinata. out there making the biggest grind fest with the best little like Skinner box loot boxes to just suck away as many minutes from people as they can is going to make the most revenue. Because they want you to stay on the platform as so long imagine, as possible. Imagine for a second, if you will, you're, what you're kind forever. of video games that's going to <laughs> be incentivizing people to make. Destiny, but less fun. <laughs> exactly. Okay. We've already seen Apex the kind of... Legends and Fortnite. We've already seen the kind of filler that you get <clears throat> on YouTube with how the algorithm promoted watch time. There's no such thing as, as a tutorial that's two minutes long. Every tutorial is huge. And every move video has filler. Even our videos have some filler, but we've gotten way better at that. Our videos are actually mostly killer now. <laughs> killer or killer. But not before. They didn't used to be killer. <laughs> Wait, don't you think that they'll do something about that, though, if it starts to ruin the platform? Yep, it's optimism coming in here. Come, optimism. Smashing optimism through that wall. Optimization. Optimism. Optimi Smashing through optimism like Mr. Optimizing. Boom, it will be through. just good enough phases. for people not to complain about it. No, it's it. phases. It's phases. Yeah, well, still making it's them on the platform as long as possible exactly. so they can no. consume as many ads. It's no. like daytime television. No. Yeah. I mean, All right, Alex Jones. there'll be talk show hosts, like, easy to produce. <laughs> per minute <laughs> how dare you <laughs> conspiracy theories no it's all in it's phases it's not a conspiracy it's theory phases. that's just it's economics boiled. yeah it's basically economics it's they, going to lead to a promotion of a certain type of game which is a easy going time sucker but if it goes too far people will people will revolt right and then they'll pull it back and they'll find that nice middle ground but here's what it really in, here's what I'm worried about I don't play video games to kill time I don't have time to kill I don't like killing time you're killing a little bit of yourself when you kill time that's really deep, guys. You can take that one home. We are time. Um, Here, let me talk. No, no, hold on, hold on. I play video games. Every... <laughs> That's why I've been interrupting you guys. Sorry, I'm, trying I'm to almost say done. Something. I'm almost done. This one I'm getting to. Optimistic I Sam over there. Ever since I started saying optimism. Because <laughs> I was about to wait, actually wait, wait, go wait, wait. into it. Let's something. Finish, finish the pessimism, and then we'll get Sam's to the like, optimism. Sam's like, your train is on the tracks. Get out of the way. My train's getting in here. <laughs> this, this is, it's this optimistic is, as shit. This is one of those trains you Sam wait at the freaking crossroads for like 15 minutes, and, then, <laughs> and the cars You're keep going fast. You're waiting for it to run over the penny. And it, it's just like the Nico train. All the train cars just... Did you guys ever on. set out pennies and have, watch no, trains? No, no, Nico, no. finish your thought. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking, I can't even see the caboose in this train. This <laughs> Nico train. It's like, just I'm just trying talking. to say that I play video games for emotional stimulation. I want my video games to move me and be emotionally fulfilling. 
thing. And you don't do that by having me sit on the couch and grind away for hours on end. That sounds sappy. You I want my video those, games uh, to be like the Stanley like Parable or Portal Japanese. 2. There'll always be games like where that, it blows though. me away with They're awesome not going to be the most popular games in the world, but it's the same thing like oil. Yeah. Okay, eventually when all the cars are electric, people will still buy oil, but it'll be like super expensive and you'll buy it in the little jar. Right, so. And you'll use it for the 1905 T Model T that you have. I'll have to wait for the little like Pokemon you know, devs. All plastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyways, so. Yeah. I just, I'm not a huge fan of like the Destiny, Destiny style. No, I think those games are stupid and they're lame and they're for kids because uh, it's like. Because kids want to kill time. Because kids want to kill So what's your time. optimistic point on all this, I, Sam? Because I'm, I'm not buying it. Look, I think it's just going to come in phases and waves. Like things get popular and then they don't get popular. And basically, if they, over, if they oversaturate the market, the one like cool story based RPG like experimental thing that comes out that year is gonna blow up or like be popular and then people are gonna be like oh, oh let's just make something else now like it still happens like right now like we're still we're still seeing tons of like incredible games coming out that are experimental or emotional making me cry you know <laughs> when's the, what's the last game that made you cry a game has made you cry before uh, I don't know let me think Smash Brothers and I beat him this yeah, morning Smash Brothers. I saw Sam weeping two minutes ago I had to wipe the tears away from my little screen you were weeping when Ren took his Bowser and tackled Sam right off the edge and I won because both of them only had one stock uh, <laughs> Sam was crying no I, 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 games I don't make me Sam. cry the only game that made me cry ever was um, oh The Last Guardian that was a, that was a cryful game all right. All right. How long? How much longer do you think the battle royale genre is gonna continue trucking away? I mean, how long? I mean, it'll be around FPS, forever. FPS is here to stay. But I don't think anyone understood what made PUBG effective. I think everyone got it wrong. Okay. Even I think Apex Legends. Le- Legends. Yes. <laughs> Apex Legends is a different style of game. That's the thing. It's like they're it's quote unquote battle royale. Same with Fortnite. Quote unquote battle royale. Fortnite gets a little bit of it right, but I think Apex Legends is. Like, PUBG is a little bit different. PUBG, you create more of a story when you play it. Um, mm-hmm. And, hey, guys, we're going to talk about video games for a second here. Here we go. Back to video games. Back to video games. No, no, we're still on video games. Long. Hold on. So there was, with all, with basically video game shooters, there was one style of format that you stuck with for years and years and years. Halo kind of followed the same gameplay loop. Call of Duty followed the same gameplay loop and made it even better. And, like, other video games came out and followed the same gameplay loop, which is give you cool guns, give you cool tactics, have things be slightly imbalanced. When you go into a situation, it's interesting. And pop, 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 bang, 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 see who wins, do it again. Great. Counter-Strike started fun. it. Yeah, exactly. Counter-Strike started Here's the issue. Tactics for gunplay in video games, when you don't value your character's life, tactics are very different. You become a twitch fest. It becomes jump in right in front of the other guy. He's done the same thing. And so you can twitch the fastest or so you can have the best positioning when somebody runs into a room. Um, PUBG changed that. PUBG was inspired by Daisy because Daisy kind of kicked this off, which was, hey, what if your character just died forever when you died? How would you play a shooter then? You wouldn't run into a room to see how many people you can drop before you go down. You would play it very, very differently. Yeah. And when you create value for the character's life, it changes how you approach a situation tactically. And honestly, that's kind of how what makes a gunfight more interesting is not how twitchy you can be, but how can you approach a situation to get out of there without getting shot? Um, and so that creates very different tactics. It creates very different ways you position yourself. It creates different, very different ways you approach a situation with friends because it's not, you know, who can go in there, Rambo the quickest, and go out in the biggest blaze of glory. Um, so this was happening in DayZ, but the problem with DayZ is that you have to wait like four hours before you could get into like a real fight because you have to go find all their stuff. And then if you died or the game glitched out, it was a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then they basically, uh, basically took that concept. It's actually 
um, player unknown, Brandon or whatever his name is, he had played the uh, it's like the it wasn't the Hunger Games, it's the Survivor Games from Day Z, and he got inspired. He's like, this like has people value their life. It has people treat gunfights completely differently, and the extra benefit, tactically, your your experience in a gunfight is always different because you're not just playing the same map. You're not just doing de dust two over and over and over because the fights boil down to a different area of the map every time, and tactically, you have to approach it differently every time. And so then he went off and he made the battle royale mod for Arma, which is more or less the same thing as what you play in PUBG these days. Um, and that circle, when it closed in different areas, would force you to approach the fights differently. Are you fighting in the valley between two mountains? Are you fighting in a city? Are you fighting on the coast? Each one of those is a different way of how you have to approach the battle. And on top of that, you have value for your character's life. It's not just go out there and get as many kills as you can. Um, so that got brought into PUBG, and what it led to is it creates a story when you play the video game. You're emotionally involved in the game. You're you have this dramatic adventure you go through as you go through the hills and you find your cars and your guns and you fight your way to eventually winning the game. In a game like Apex Legends, still a super fun game, it's not really about this dramatic emotional story. Apex Legends is starting to blur the line back between getting back into like the instant action, getting to some quick fights, but you still have a little bit of the emotional journey of a, of a battle royale game. But it's not, it's not going in the direction that PUBG was pushing games towards, whereas I think something like Escape from Tarkov is PUBG taken even further into the like emotional th- rawness of? See, like, I never got into that. Story. I think that's why I never got into like PUBG or Tarkov for that matter. It's like I didn't have the patience for it. It's like I, I I totally understand the feeling of you know going for the the story and the adventure and the experience you get from that. But I part of me is also just like I just want to jump in and shoot some people and then like jump around and then if that's I die, that's totally cool. I do, uh, yeah, I'm totally around. down for that too. Yeah, I think uh, I mean everybody has their different types of games, but I think. Battle Royale is not just about going in, shooting people as fast as you can, and hope that you're the last one alive, which is kind of what like Call of Duty's Battle Royale like pushed towards. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit what Apex Legends pushes towards. It's like Apex Legends pushes more towards team play, actually, more right. than like any other Battle Royale game. Um, and it's just like it, it. Apex Legends has the team play aspect more uh, motivated and promoted. It also has the tactical, like each tactical. Uh, engagement is different because of how the areas you're getting pushed into is different. Mm-hmm. And so it has those aspects like PUBG taken over. It doesn't really have the, like, I'm going on a long journey, I really value my character's life, I've been invested yeah. in this for half an hour. It doesn't really have that going on for it. You can die, your teammates can go to a little thing and revive you with your cell phone. You know? <laughs> but that's cool. Like, they at least they're experimenting with the formula, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Speaking of video games, <laughs> the uh, Des Moines Police Department played a, a real-life video game this week when uh, they were assisting <laughs> the fire department during what an apartment building fire. And officers rescued three small children from the fire by instructing the mother to drop the kids out of the third-story window, wow. where all three were safely caught by the officers below. Oh, we so what, video video? Game, what video game is this This is on? real life. This is IRL Policeman. Uh, catch. Just the game Catch. No, no, this is, this is uh, Human yes. Tetris. Cats, Human yeah. Tetris. So we're going to watch this video really quick. <laughs> like the, and like, uh, like, I'll describe it to those who <laughs> are, who are listening only. <laughs> I'm like, dang it, T-shaped. Jared's trying to find that play button. <laughs> so right. uh, if you're watching on, on YouTube, so there's a huge fire. The there's a huge building on fire. It's like three stories high. There's the woman and her kids. There's did the, did the mother jump out? Uh, they Eventually they got a ladder and got her down as well, but the, I guess the kids were, there was a lot of smoke and they were concerned about the kids. Um, yeah. So here, yeah, there goes one Oof, of them. Uh, how many pounds do you think that kid weighs? Dude, look at this. Look at that baby. Wow. Look at the baby. He's crying. Poor thing. Yeah, because he's just got 
hucked out of a window. Man, good on those guys for catching those kids. So that baby, Seriously. what, that's 20, 25 pounds? And then those so it's like two and a half stories. Look, it's not a full so far away. Story. I guess it must have been filled with smoke or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't know that in a fire, it's not the fire that kills you, but the smoke. Right. Yeah, so I, I think that's why like they did it. Because Good for the mother for for actually dropping the kids out because it's like I remember reading one story a long time ago of uh, a father who was stuck in the same situation. Yeah, and he was trying to get his kids to jump, so he decided to demonstrate it on his own by jumping first, Oof. and his kids didn't follow and they they didn't make it. Yeah, mm. that's um, that can be tough. So the you got to uh, trick him. You got to trick him. So would you guys? So if you guys were in that situation, would you would you think you'd be able to successfully catch the kids? I'd be like honest to, I would with like yourself. To think so. I think I could. And the harder question is, would you be able to successfully get them out the window? Oh, ooh, Gorski, cutting deep. I mean, if you I mean, I'll, a st- choice, I'll stand though. underneath a child. I'm going to stand underneath that falling child. D did that with me. Did that. And Clint, <laughs> well, his shin, he, instead of, yeah, he put his shin out. <laughs> yeah, that would be a tough what thing. A hero. I mean, I, but if, if you're like, if you're like at the window, there's a heavy smoke, there's the fires in the room next door, and it's like, it's pretty good. I got three children here, they're all under three. They're going to die from smoke inhalation if I don't get them out right now. Yeah. You wouldn't have a choice. You'd have to. Yeah. 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 I think it'd be a pretty good move there. I feel like, I mean, the window wasn't super high up either. No, it was like two and a half stories. It wasn't yeah. three. The the, yeah. the first story was like basement level. So the window was right at the ground. Yeah. For mm-hmm. those who weren't watching the video. Especially if there's like multiple people down there, which it looked like, you know, yeah. to yeah. that sea of arms. It's, uh, I mean, it's like Eddie Vedder oof. jumping off like the uh, concert stands, like from 30 feet to the crowds. Oof, That's crazy. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, we pull it up. This uh, this, <laughs> this segment was brought to you guys by Ropes. <laughs> brought to you by Big Rope. By Big Rope. <laughs> ropes always there when That's you need right. them. Uh, the old, the last distributor of hemp. <laughs> yeah. So let's say you guys are in this situation, but there are no firefighters to catch your babies. Oof. Would you still drop them? No. Th- no. This no. topic is brought to you by Rope. This rope. topic brought to you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's like almost certain death for a child under three. Yeah, definitely. I'd right. rather, I mean, I might, I would probably jump, depending on how many there were, if I had one in my arms, I'd probably jump and try to, like, cushion, roll, the, fall. cushion the fall for them yeah. and break my legs, then, like, you know, just drop them. Yeah. All right, so. All right, Eddie Vedder's biggest stage dive ever, 1992. <laughs> so he just went from a mother saving her children to Eddie Vedder's biggest stage Which dive Which is ever. almost, he's like a father to his children, the so concert goers. Scrub around, scrub around until you can find it. This is six minutes long. Yeah, so scrubbing through a concert. Wait till he starts scrub a dub dub. Scrub a dub dub, boys. Okay, so he's Eddie up Vedder on a, he's up on a the... camera. Whoa! Oh. He, he, almost he almost slipped. I mean, he did what? slip. <laughs> that... Okay, he climbed up on a camera crane and jumped about twenty feet. Hold on, hold on, keep, keep scrubbing. Oh, this he keeps long going. Enough. He keeps so going. Like... For those who don't know, Eddie Vedder is the lead singer, lead singer of Pearl, Pearl Jam. Jam, the popular now so in how, Spain. That was what maybe ten feet. That was like fifteen. Fifteen. He's like, I can jump higher than that. He's he's done can bigger dives. Can you take me higher, cameraman? That was, <laughs> wasn't that Creed? Jared's yeah, shaking. but Creed, Creed is based I know off it's of Creed, Pearl Jam. But yeah, it's like Christian <laughs> Pearl Jam. Yeah. <laughs> I th- I'm pretty sure Eddie Vedder did like huge like scaffold I jumps. think that was it, Who Nico. Knows? I think that was it. I think All we right. got it. Though, All right. Moving on. Those little wet, slippery Ren, feet. Ren, this is a topic for you specifically. Whoa. Oh, really? Yeah. No, Eddie Vedder's S- just Ren, but the rock singer version. Oh, wait. Nico found what? it. Yeah. 
Nico found it. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Nico Wait. found a video of Eddie Vedder, and he's like put 30 it, feet right, in the air. Put it on Eddie slack. Vedder must crazy, must crazy, must crazy theatrical, theatrical on stage. <laughs> must, must crazy theatrical on stage. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title yeah. of the video. Eddie Vedder must crazy right. theatrical. Five minutes long. Five if, minutes long. If boys. Ren was a punk rocker guy, this is, Eddie Vedder would be Ren because here he is. Hanging from the underside of a roof of an awning, with the sa- <laughs> he somehow has the same shirt on <laughs> as the previous. Okay, oh my I never goodness. do anything so, so this is crazy. The, so I, my question is: Is the band just like, like <laughs> hold, just hold it, holding it down right now? Are they are they <laughs> playing the same four measures over and over? <laughs> or, 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 or is it silent right now? There's a mic so climbing. Right, he's climbing, climbing across. For those of you who are watching, he's or listening only. He's climbing across a 30 foot high stage awning, <laughs> and a PA is handing him a microphone. Now he's hanging from the awning about 30 feet above stage, while a Wait. PA in a goofy hat. And now he's climbing down a rope. <laughs> See, this is this is no the microphone. He, he just climbed, climbed down, down the, the microphone, microphone cable. <laughs> Did he climb down the microphone yeah, cable? This this episode brought to you by Big Cable. Big Cable. <laughs> wow. Now, now he's, he's swinging, swinging from it. Who is this rope? guy? That can't be a microphone. I think the microphone would break, right? Yeah. Those 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 cables aren't that strong. I mean, I think you'd be surprised. I mean, they're metal. Dude, that PA is having the time yeah, of his life. Yeah, he's having the time of his life. Okay, this this turns out it was just one highlight. Okay. One highlight. But he didn't anyway, dive. Anyway. Point, he didn't though. dive. All right. What a crazy guy. What He's a wild and crazy like guy. Feet up what before. a wild guy. I didn't know I, anything I know. about Eddie so Vedder so before this. Say. I just knew he had long hair and he had a deep romantic voice. So, a Creed-like voice. Yeah. <laughs> just to say, if Eddie Vedder was two and a half stories up, he'd freaking he'd jump. jump out. <laughs> he'd jump out with all of his children. So with all the children. They don't hold the hands. He'd be like, take me Creating Creed with Jeremy Spider-Man. <laughs> and then everybody like, comes in and like they gather around like yeah he'd be like, like Jeremy get on my back and he'd throw his microphone out the window and all the kids would dive after it <laughs> so Jake oh, I want to hear about this thing that all you right, thought I would right. like yes yeah, so apparently Ren I'm gonna I'm gonna hyper exaggerate this just like all the news articles I read about it did <clears throat> scientists have created a liquid metal that stretches like the Terminator 1000 now let me explain before you correct how ridiculous this is okay. Okay. T-1000 okay. specifically, not yeah. just like no, Terminator. Not, no, not, not like Terminator, Terminator 2. I'm talking about T-1000. Schwarzenegger did not stretch. The American Chemical <laughs> Society released a video Wednesday of a shiny liquid metal that can be manipulated with magnets. It stretches like the fictional T-1000 robot from Terminator 2 and can also be used to complete a circuit. Scientists at the Baihong University in China led the research project, which added iron particles to a droplet of gallium indium and tiny alloy immersed in hydraulic acid uh, which apparently was able to lower the surface tension and allow the metal to be able to stretch and move without breaking apart so the question is how far off are we from the T-1000 and what actual advancements could this mean for humanity so they basically made like plastic metal but before that, Ren, is this legit? I mean, what they're doing is legit. Hydraulic acid, yeah. uh, specifically reducing the surface tension so they can actually like mold and move this uh, metal without breaking it. Because um, adding like iron flakes to gallium isn't really that creative. It's like, okay, it makes sense. So now it'll look like gallium, but it'll move like iron. Doesn't mercury already do this? And isn't mercury a metal? But it's not magnetic. Uh, um, okay. And, and that's, so it can't I, conduct. Uh, what? Mercury can't conduct electricity. No, it can. That's different. Mag- Mag- magnets and uh, yeah, uh, being magnetic and being uh, a, an electrical uh, conductor are different things. Right. So I mean, yeah, it's like 
it, there could be some creative applications for this. Uh, I mean, it's it's not really that much different than like a ferrofluid, which is basically just a liquid solution of iron flakes that you can put magnets on. They make like the cool little like yeah. triangular shapes around it and like, stuff. But why can some metal be uh, magnetized and other not? I don't know. I honestly don't really know. Okay. But it's like there's Sorry only just a few. I'll Google that one after the podcast. It's like I forget what the metals are. It's like iron, cobalt, or. Is, is it one of those weird yeah. things in physics, like uh, where we we know what it is, but we don't know why it why it is? No, no, we we know very well all about that. It's from I, just, the, I don't. Oh, okay, it's from like the electrical fields of all the atoms being aligned, right? Something like that. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, there we go. Sounds right. I think I heard that one. Hey, I'll time. say it with more confidence. This, this, oh, it's from all the electrical fields <laughs> and all the atoms being aligned. Oh yeah, this is yeah, how science was yeah. started. You know, actually, <laughs> just like this, someone has an idea, and everyone's like, okay. Okay, so, but my point is, do you, th- like, is this the starting point from which we can create soft robotics and, like... What is a soft robot? I mean, <laughs> like, like, the short how answer soft is... Do you, do you robots have to be, Jake? I mean, I, I, it's kind of hard to say because it's like, I feel like this is the equivalent of being like, whoa, but, I made a transistor. That means someday we're going to have really high-quality video games. It's like, it's a kind of a big stretch, and a lot of things have to happen I in know. between the two things to really connect it. People are only uh, creating this... You know what kind of metal can do a big stretch? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of dad joke are you about to drop right now? That was it. That was it. That was done. That Uh, was my dad joke. Right there, that metal. It's just because of the fact that it's very reflective. It's a chrome-like material that they're able to move, and so it reminds people of the movie Terminator 2. Yeah. That's the only correlation. It doesn't mean that it'll actually create that technology. Are you telling me this entire article is written off of one picture? (laughs) Wait, wait. I'm just trying to get it. It was. No research was put into it. I've got a deeper point, though. It's like, okay, what in your everyday life do you use... That is gooey and stretchy and amorphous that you don't eat. <laughs> like, why would you? And, and if you do, what is it? So we can replace it with metal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, like, like uh, eventually, like squishy Listen, buttons. Listen, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me back up. Let me back up. Squishes out around it. Let me back up. Here's what I mean about soft control. robotics. Okay, in ter- t- the Terminator Two extrapolates this with the example of the T1000. It's a intelligent AI robot that can take any shape or form. Intelligent, artificial intelligent? It's an it's yeah, an sure, AI sure. robot. It's an AI robot Tec- that can take any shape or form. So the the biggest difference there with the that robot is that it wasn't just a big gooey mess of uh, metal. It was like <clears throat> literally trillions of nanoparticles. Exactly. Yeah. That yeah, all have their own separate like brain okay. and they all are able to work together. But, I mean, exactly. um, the one thing they didn't show you in the Terminator movie in Terminator 2 is like if he got blown apart into enough pieces, it would just be like two smaller versions of him. There's just a bunch <laughs> of tiny ones. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That was something that was never explored, but they, no, they, they didn't explore that. possible. They did that. But totally possible. They blew him apart and then he morphed back know, together. But, but what if there they, were two what, of them though? There should have been two Like he can literally dissolve that's what he's saying. He gets shot with a shotgun down the middle, splits in half, and just two, <laughs> two little cops pop up. Yeah, yeah. each one exactly Enjoy half hands. the mass of the original. Yeah. Morph together. Like he can, in theory, just like literally just collapse into ten different versions of himself. That each weigh a tenth of his right. original. Why weight. didn't he do that? Split him in half. Go karts and like, go after him with tiny shotguns. <laughs> Ren, what's, what's, what's the correct math here? He split him in half. Would his height be a quarter of his original height? His two halves? Or are oh, you be, talking about the uh, the T one thousand? If you split him in half, square law, square cube wise, law. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Hey, no, I think you might be right here. It would actually. have to be like. Ren, what good is it having you on the podcast? <laughs> Each one. <laughs> we can't ask the, you all of science questions the, the and base, have you be right. The thing that would have to be 
uh, maintained would just be the weight, the mass. So mm-hmm. it's like if each one is the mass, uh, and it's a little different because they're metal, so the strength properties are all different. So, they, so it's like, like so actually, yeah. So he could just make a shell of himself uh, that is the I, same volume as yeah. his original self, but he's like maybe hollow. I, th- I think and what we're getting at, I think we're getting at, I think is a correction to our previous statement. Um, it wouldn't make two half size T one thousand. So make. Maybe slightly under half size, or would it be slightly be- over half size. When you say size, are you talking about volume or mass? I'm just talking about volume. Height. I'm talking about height. Mass. Height's the important height factor is here. so irrelevant. <laughs> Dear listeners to the corridor well, cast, can you please answer my are, question? The easier they are to fight. If you split the T1000 in half and made two smaller <laughs> T1000s, assuming T500s. his mass has been divided proportionally half into each T1000. How tall would each new T one thousand? Are we be? talking about hot dog like or like straight down? This the is center? like an ACT. Doesn't like matter. Split in two. Doesn't no, matter. Or, or is it like exactly half of his math goes in math? Exactly half of his mass goes into the two tinier T one thousand. Then he'd be half how tall. Would they be? Then yeah. if he he's six feet tall, no, but we're talking about three feet tall. We're talking about no, mass. No, no, no. We're talking about no. mass and not height. No, no, no. Look. But assuming that they each contain, he would half split his mass. it even proportionally Hold as on. he was as a we're six figure, foot. We're gonna figure this out. Don't worry. This was next podcast. We come back. Hold we'll on. Open it with the Hold answer. Hold on. He's six feet tall. Uh-huh. He's a mass of two hundred pounds, right? Yeah. Of metal. So if you split him in half, he'd be three feet tall proportionally, exactly the I same. I don't think so. With a mass of a hundred. I don't think so. Why Not- would he be half that? Oh, oh my God! I think it's gonna be higher. The taller than half. His height, actually, but because you took, you're dealing with three dimensions. But you took half the weight, uh-huh. and you took and you just took half the weight out of the original weight, and then you just had that be exactly proportional to the original. Yeah, but the distribution of that mass okay. would be different. <clears throat> hold on, hold um, on. Because here, here's here, here, let me let me provide you guys an example. All right, <laughs> I'm going to compare my height and weight with the height and weight of a 12 year old. Okay. Okay. All right. So a 12 year old average weighs 91 pounds. Okay. You double that. That would equal 182 pounds. About 182 pounds. So maybe more like a 13 year old for me because I'm about 190. So either way, let's just, okay. just let's just say it's a 12 year old. Sure. So that's average height though of a 12 year old, half my weight. But this is, is this is completely irrelevant to what we're talking about. You're talking <laughs> about human growth trajectory. We're ta- I'm talking okay, about yeah, there's a I'm talking about weight. <laughs> okay, but a 12 average 12 year old that weighs half my weight is 4.9. This is so. We've tall. entered Sam's okay. bogus science and corner. Four point nine feet tall <laughs> is not is not. You're well, not nine half. and a half feet tall. No. So what I'm saying is that these two T one thousands that we would create by splitting their mass in half would most likely be be, be taller than, than half his height. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of kind of big still. It's like we take teenage T one thousands. They're kind of big still. If He's you're the, listening right so, now, so and you, you can do the math for me. So. I will shout you out in the next podcast, okay. and I will give you an answer. Right. Thank you, for listeners. The true, the true answer is it's not a better situation to be in when it's split in half. And also, <laughs> this also doesn't take into account the fact that the T one thousand can like shape himself to be whatever he wants. He can theoretically make himself to be twice as tall Why and twice as wide in every dimension. Gun. Wait, what? He probably he can't do that. Why not? Because he can't add. No, he wouldn't be adding okay, the exact same weight. He'd probably just be hollow. In certain parts, because he can <laughs> he can make him like. Why isn't he just a hollow, thirty foot tall? James then. Cameron didn't do it. That's why. Well, then ultimately, at the end of the day, that's the only reason. James, no, okay, but hold, 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 on, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. If James Cameron didn't do it, then it means that the robot can't do it because it was never shown. And James Cameron, as the auteur of the piece, has decided in that world that the nanotechnology cannot be hollow. 
It's no, it's just a simple expression. In the world of made up things. Well, this is actually like a film writing. Like we use yeah. this all the time in writing. Like once you make a rule, you can't break it. Otherwise, it. Why? Okay. Why can't he uh, have a hollow cavity if he can make his arm into a four foot long blade? Because of and made then up chop reasons. it off, grab it, and throw it, and spike someone with it. Because as they didn't, they, what guess what they weren't showing in that shot? His legs. That's right. One of his legs got smaller. Into <laughs> 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 <to> his arm. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> also, he did lose a piece of himself in that one scene where they get away in that Lincoln, and he de- he has the little, like, uh-huh. and then Arnold Schwarzenegger shoots it off with the shotgun, and then yeah. it's just hanging there, and it pops out on the street. And then see he how it's dead and disconnected. And then so he, that walks, little piece he could... walks up to it and absorbs it, but oh. he's not any shorter when he walks up to it and absorbs it. So maybe you have you have circumstantial evidence for your claim. <laughs> or, or at least maybe we, we, we can I have take a question. look at the shot and see if actually is Is your mic on? I, oh, there you it's go. It's really quiet now. Okay. All right, but now it's not quiet anymore. I have a question: Does hyper jumping uh, a ship into a fleet and destroying the fleet ruin Star Wars from now Absolutely on? Absolutely not. <laughs> why not? Because why are you not going to think of that every time they get into a space battle? Like, why don't they just hyper jump and leave? Get I know the this hell is out out done there. to death by everybody, but I really don't. This isn't about talk this about isn't about that. the details of Star Wars. This is about does this make it so that anytime you watch a Star Wars space battle from now on, you're like, why don't they hyper jump? Guys, in this episode of Who's Nerdier, crazy suicidal kamikazes. Why don't they put a droid in it? Why don't they put a robot right, in moving it? on. <laughs> I know, and how does it magically spike out and hit all the other spaceships perfectly? We've, got, we've got time for about two more topics. <laughs> but it looks cool. I know. All right, and I've got, th- I've got three listed here. Can we just agree to never talk about Star Wars on the podcast? I've got... Or fan fiction <laughs> for Star Wars? I think we can agree to never argue about the, the scientific details of a fictional world. <laughs> no, well, it's funny. Like we, we just did them. for ten minutes. We, we, didn't, argue. Made up. we didn't argue. The question about Star we Wars amusing. isn't whether or not it's possible in the world of Star Wars and whether it follows rules. It's more... As a viewer, no, no. As a viewer, does it ruin battle scenes for you? Because no. are you going to be distracted every time there's a no, battle because scene? Because they no. can't hyper jump without like doing certain stuff to your ship. And so no. if you're in the middle of a battle, you can't just stop the ship and decide to hyper jump unless you're crazy like Han Solo. Crazy. So you're getting into the actual science of it, which mm-hmm. is again you're talking about nonfiction in a fictional universe. I'm just talking about as a viewer. I'm not going to be thinking you? about it. I'm not. It's no. I'm going to be thinking. Why don't they just now? You're going to think about it. Open those spaceship pods. Next time you see Star Wars, you're going to think about me, and you're going to think about this podcast, (laughs) and I'm going to make you think about it. I don't think so. I don't think so. But they also established there's no air in Star Wars in space. Or sorry, there is air in space in Star Wars because with the bombing thing, they just opened up the doors. (laughs) You know, so I was like. They should just settle it man to man. Well, how open, do, up, you, open up the spaceship windows, go out in space, and just like... How is it that they can have, like, giant ships fly into the Death Star Dude, that on these me open of... bays? And there's, like, troops walk, walking around in those bays when they're exposed to oh, the those space are force environment. Fields. Oh, that's force fields. Those are force fields. Oh, okay. But that reminds me of my favorite Same, joke from Mars Gang your versus... A moment ago. Oh, my God, I did. I'm a genius. <laughs> so, remember when we were talking Mars Gang versus Moon Gang, and they're getting into a fight in space? Oh, and the guy okay. gets his helmet torn off. He's like... Ugh! Wait a second. The air is not toxic. There's air? There's, there's air in space? And then it's a celebration. Everyone's like, hey, terraforming's done. There's... Okay, they uh, lied to me the whole time. Okay, uh, Mars Gang versus I Moon Gang. I love that joke. That's a, it's a, we'll it's, get there. Just for what, for what it's worth, it's a really silly idea about uh, um, weed farmers on Mars. Like, <laughs> we're seeing if it goes anywhere. That's what it's about. Anyways. Do you remember the game Elite Dangerous? Yeah, I like how in that I game I played that for hours. Yeah, I like how in the game the uh, the reason you could hear the explosions was it was the computer simulating it for you inside the ship. 
Um, so it was a computer-generated explosion noise to help you as a pilot understand what was going on. And if your co- uh, cockpit got cracked and all the air got sucked out, then it would uh, take out all the sound from the computer, and you couldn't hear it anymore. Damn, son. That's attention to detail cool. right there. That gets me into space. <clears throat> all right, let's talk about Uber and Lyft. Literally. Okay. <laughs> we all use Uber. What do you guys use, Uber or Lyft? Lyft. Uber. I like to vote for the underdog. Both. You use oh, both? Yes. Honestly, do you check both and find the cheaper price? I did just a couple days ago. <laughs> really? Yeah. I mean, yeah, here's the I, thing. I used to almost always use Uber and just because I didn't have a Lyft account, but everyone's always like, oh, you should go with Lyft. Uber's evil, blah, blah, blah. And so I started actually, you know, believing that. And so I started trying to... Well, that's not true, but... I know, I know. But like, I... People, I, I didn't, people, just didn't, like, people didn't like their CEO because he was, a, he was a frat guy. Right. I'm just saying that that's like, that got me into uh, like making a Lyft account. And so now I, I use both, but I'm just not a... Yeah, I don't want to... Okay, so we so we we've all used both, right? Their IPOs are coming up, um, and uh, the question is ultimately um, they're they're continuing <clears throat> to operate at a loss, right? Throughout all this time, what? what? Yes, everyone knows this. I don't. What? Yes, that doesn't make any Uber sense. And li- Uber but and I Lyft. I thought they're valued at billions of dollars. Yeah, Uber and Lyft have op- It's it is known, Nico. For years, Uber and Lyft have. Wait, wait. Are you saying they're operating at a loss because they're just taking all the profit they're making and reinvesting it? No. Because that doesn't count. No. They're, They're operating at a... Here, so here's the thing. Let me just read this from, from the little blurb I wrote. Like Amazon operates sense. at a loss, but Amazon's with making their, a ton of money. With their IPOs at hand, Uber and Lyft are <laughs> emphasizing they're emphasizing that they are technology companies, not transportation companies, and therefore not subject to most rules for road-based businesses. So they say they're, they're a... Um, they're a company that connects uh, millions of transportation providers to transportation consumers, but in that sense, they're only a tech company. And just like Facebook's a tech company. Y- yeah, <laughs> good one, Sam. Um, and so, <laughs> basically, to, to the, the whole time in order to spur this growth and to operate, they've they've. If you didn't know, you know their prices were always cheaper than taxis, right? Which is why they got, which is why they caught on in large part in the first place as well because they were significantly cheaper and so they've they've operated cheaply through two things number one by operating at a loss and number two by being classified as a technology company I'm not company. sure I buy this operating at a loss thing because you're <clears throat> I think you're simplifying what could very easily be we're making lots of revenue but reinvesting it into things in the company and spending it on stuff well okay like if, if each ride Uber regardless takes home of a that buck, though Nico if that's true right at some point they'll need to show money on the books right for, for, for them to have a long term strategy so regardless of whether or not they're just operating at a loss on the books or whether they're truly operating at a loss is kind of irrelevant to the fact that as a company that's going public, eventually they'll need to show numbers that actually show profit mm-hmm. in order for them to be sustainable. So what, where I'm going is there's two things happening right now. They're operating at a loss on paper, and two, they are classified as technology companies, not transportation companies. I, I, think that's, so, I think that's really the main point here. Regardless of how much money they are or aren't making, right. that classification that is my first, yeah. Or that self-assessment, I think, is really worth discussing. Yes, so that's my first question, is is, is that a proper, like, identification? And then also, what happens... They're, they're obviously super eager to develop self-driving fleets. So is this classification key to their success long-term, where they can remain as tech companies, or should they be classified as transportation companies? And then also... Is self-driving fleets key to their success long-term? Perhaps rather than trying to fit a square peg in a round hole, we should just make a new classification. 
which it would be what a transportation technology company, transportation networking company. No, a grinding. Well, company. that's what they. It's that's a, what a they. Grind. That's what they describe themselves as. Yeah, that's a, it's that, like that a, makes exact. That makes perfect sense. But but like, here can I? Here's an idea. Does it though? Here's an idea. You don't think they should be subject to road rules and stuff like that? They're not the ones operating vehicles. The moment they're operating the vehicles, and yes, but they're facilitating the entire e- economy. Sure, but they're not. They're not. It's not like they're selling buses. So let me give you. Let me give you an example back at you. So. YouTube shouldn't be liable for the content it distributes. Look, they are. Uber's only going to be around right. another 10, 20 years, and then it's going to be autonomous. But then <laughs> wouldn't they just own huge fleets of self-driving autonomous, autonomous cars that act as a taxi service? If they for own and operate the cars, yeah. then they are a road company. But th- that's... So you think that there's, like, right now, well, given... You think there... Let, let's get I to see a concrete what, example, guys. Because right now we're talking about conceptual. Positive... Yeah versus negative effects of Uber, all right? Like, think about this. Are we talking about, a conge- like, rules and regulations concerning, like, congestion at, like, airports saying, or in high-traffic areas? I'm like, saying what, they, should what, probably what be tra- they should probably be classified as a transportation company because they provide transportation. But what should they be regulated as? Like, as just a, how, like, drivers' unions and stuff like that? Or, like, are we talking about how they can operate, well, when a, and where they can operate their vehicles? It's to a point now where, yes, they have, they have a series, they have thousands of people sure. that are yeah. quote working for them but mm-hmm. as contractors yeah. right yeah. and then like at what point do you cross the line i mean we've had to deal with this with our own business we've hired contractors and at what point do we we like okay we should probably try to be, have people be employees rather than contractors because at a certain point it gets to a point where you're like okay this well that's- this this original setup which i i agree at the onset they they probably were tech companies, mm-hmm. but now like how far does it go before they become transportation companies? So let me that's let me I'm point asking. out one thing. There's mm-hmm. that's that's those are two topics actually. I, I believe okay. there's the topic of the 21st century gig economy, and then there's the topic of does does Uber need to be like regulated as far as what their cars can on can and cannot do? Because that's one one is we're talking about the people, and one is we're talking about the equipment. You know what I mean? Like, right. can these Uber cars, are they banned from certain areas from a federal or state or local standpoint, et cetera, et cetera. But then the gig economy is its other topic. Well, we all agree. Curious, which, which, which one do you feel more strongly about? Well, I, what I'd like to say is, like, we all agree that it provides something, right? Everyone uses it. And so what's the key to their long-term success here? Is it getting away from a gig economy or is it just simply, like, getting changing their fleets to autonomous self-driving so that they get away with that they get away from that and they also become transportation yeah. companies self-driving I, sounds great self-driving is fine and honestly i think from a like a like a like a roadway standpoint um as long as uber continues to obey the road like the road laws then there's not much i think people need to do because yeah. because when it comes to the actual vehicles themselves it's like as long as uber doesn't get so big they can start like avoiding Paying so ticket fines and but, con- causing but, congestion. Okay, so let like, me. Now cetera, that we know, so that's, I think like it's obviously fine. We, we. Okay, I agree. We're, we're so are the right now we're at a point where we say okay, self-driving cars is probably key to their long-term success. They should go ahead and do that. Mm-hmm. Now let me pose another question: Should they own that fleet, or should they allow people with self-driving cars to contribute to that fleet and continue yeah. to skirt around Both. this? Both. This. Both. I, I think I think the constant insistence on taking what's a new structured modern company and shoehorning it into some old definition of what a company needs to be is quite frankly uh, not putting in the effort that you need to do to evolve with the world. If 
Uber's a new structure of company, so come up with new structures to deal with it. Yeah. Like, don't try to shoehorn it into some old-fashioned notion of, oh, this is a technology company or this is a road yeah. company. But it's obviously a new structure, and you need to create new regulations and new ways yeah. of thinking about Not it to, to mention, deal with it. How cool would it be to buy a self-driving car and then, like, basically at night, you're just like, boop, you put it on rental mode, and it just like, goes off and makes money for you. I mean, yeah. That's what people are going to do. And it's going to be awesome. I mean, that's the promise Tesla has already made. Yeah, so yeah. I think that's super cool. There is one thing we haven't addressed about uh, Uber and Lyft, and that is the whole uh, like electric scooter program. Right now, yeah. it's all just Bird and uh, Lime and whatnot. Lyft has, Santa Lyft, Lyft has come out and said recently, I think it was Lyft, it might have been Uber. That Uber they, hasn't too. I know, I know they do, but they said that they fully expect uh, the electric scooter uh, sharing program to be 50% of the revenue in the very near future. Really? Yeah. That scooter stuff is weird because it's like... Or not just scooters, but like bicycles, electric bicycles. uh, Personalized electric mobility is what they see as the future of their uh, revenue stream. What these guys... I feel like what's going to actually happen here is very shortly people are going to wisen up to the fact that you don't have to be Uber or Lyft to have people like use your stuff. And like you're going to see lots and lots of like little homegrown like equivalents of Uber and Lyft popping up for like Hey, e-bike share. Well, you can go here and you can rent like my e-bike, and like everybody can sign up, and we'll all get a cut. Like you're going to see a lot of copycats, and I think you're going to see Uber and Lyft using government regulations to kill their competition in a very anti-capitalistic way. We're already what, seeing that. That's yeah. what I'm talking yeah. about. You're seeing like, that in Santa Monica right now. Yeah. Ooh, what's and, going and on San there? Francisco? What's happening in Santa Monica? Santa Monica. Uh, Uber and Lyft. Uh, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll go real quick. Uber and Lyft lobbied the Santa Monica government to say, like, yeah, these birds are a public nuisance. You need a company who's going to work with you guys for a regulation for a good, safe neighborhood. So you guys should ban all companies except for ours. We will be the ones to provide. And they agreed to that? Mm-hmm. And that's that's big business killing small business, ladies that and gentlemen. Right, son. Almost the Especially exact same thing happened in San Francisco, except for the entire city of San Francisco. And instead of being like only us, they they basically managed to ba- like ban all electric scooters and uh, hold an basically an audition process in general. Even no, sorry, pro- uh, companies that okay. share them. You can own your own and still go around. But like, so they had they held like an audition process essentially to reallow only like three or four different companies back in. Yeah. At I mean, the time, there were like, now, like dozens. I could however see you're not allowed to store your vehicle on the public sidewalk. That's what I'm thinking, where it's like yeah. that nuisance of like, I, I love the convenience factor with them when yes. I can. Storing is about all I, yeah. But ultimately, it's just like you're leaving your shit everywhere. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what everyone really hates Put about your shit it. Most the, people don't actually hate the ride sharing itself. It's the, they don't like to have to like walk around the scooters when they're just trying they, to go down the, the sidewalk. Sco- if the scooters and whatever other forms of tra- personal transport they want to have are stored in a private area that's Anybody privately be paid for, then anyone should be able to do it. And it's the exact same thing as cars. Mm-hmm. You store your car where you're allowed to, either on the street. So either the either the sidewalks have special areas allocated for public parking of mm-hmm. vehicles, personal vehicles, um, or you store it in a private area where you have at full right to park it. Other than that, everyone's allowed to use the road. Storing them on the public Storing them in public areas without regard to like there being a designated area for that, I think, yeah, is is a huge problem. Yeah, but. and then I can see a city or any other government stepping in and be like, you can't just put your stuff on the sidewalk. <clears throat> right, but then they should go, okay, let's let's mark off these parking spots with pink paint, mm-hmm. and you can park them there, mm-hmm. or know? maybe just. You know, if or you want to make people, if you want to run a private business, yeah, you, talk to various private right. individuals you, to store, store it on the property. A, yeah, you store them in a parking because there's plenty of parking lots that would allow you to to yeah. park in a spot. I kind of, a, I have a dumb question. How long does a thing have to sit around for you to be able to take it legally? 
No, that's <laughs> that's like the essence of common law right there, man. That's how like laws are made. How, like how long though? So how long does a bird scooter have to sit on the sidewalk before I can take it? Oh, oh, in that sense, like actual like, law right I'm, now. I'm just going to take it and now. I'm, no, I'm that'd be two that years. Two years? Yeah. Two. In California. Two. If it sits there for two years, if you leave something it is on now public up for property for well, two it's, years. It so let me get this straight. You didn't, ab- you didn't abandon it, right? It's still owned by the person, who, like a bird scooter. I mean, whatever. So, so sure. I, bird I need scooter facts in front of to, deter- well, to give okay. you an answer. There's a difference. But you, there's a di- so you're saying there's a difference if I'm like, I'm done with the scooter. And that, but if I don't would, say that. And I just throw it on the sidewalk. Well, if but that's your that, intention and, then, and you abandon the property, then whoever picks it up next, it, it owns it. What if I never said that? I'm like, hey, actually, I still wanted that two years later. Well, no, then that would be circumstantial. But if you park your scooter in a spot uh-huh. and no one happens to touch it and you don't happen to touch it, how long does it need to sit in that spot? Did so you relinquish it? ownership of it? You didn't say anything. No one you knows. just put you it there. No, no then knows. it's in it. Where is it parked? Just on the side of the street. It's on the public. It's on a sidewalk. It's like, on a sidewalk. In an alleyway a quiet, a quiet, somewhere. A just quiet set sidewalk. Somewhere. Not private property. No, then, then, then you haven't abandoned the property, but your actions have indicated to others that it's abandoned. So there's some ambiguity there. So let's it say would be highly circumstantial in a in a situation where there's so there's this there's um, it's called conversion basically in the mm-hmm. law, and so like this is what happened with that sword that Brandon made for that uh, oh for the ride in Metal Gear for the Solid. ride in Metal Gear Solid video so that he made a he, he borrowed or made a Metal Gear Solid sword and the agreement was that the company would own the sword mm-hmm. but they never came for it so he he just held on to it with op- openly letting everyone know like hey I'm holding on to this he put it up in his studio this is a perfect example of conversion you can see it in every node video about you can TV. see it in every node video and and eventually the makers of that game never came back and claimed it so conversion law a la- like takes advantage of the fact that at a certain point if something's not claimed it should go to others so that they can utilize it and so then uh, through conversion that became Brandon's how long does that conversion take it's two years okay generally for most things. So well, he's had that sword for a lot longer than yeah, two years. Yeah, so obviously by that. But, like, if you just parked your scooter, so, like, after 10 minutes, circumstances would probably say, well, that's probably not. You How about how you haven't abandoned that property because maybe you just went in. Like, it comes down to what a reasonable person in the same situation would think and do is what it comes down to. So if, if you saw somebody drop a scooter on the side of the sidewalk and then you walked in, to a building, like you wouldn't go up and be like, well, they abandoned the scooter. It's mine now. You'd clearly think, well, they went in there to do something and they'll be back for it. Or even if it's like tw- 24 hours, up to almost to 24 yeah, hours. Yeah, 24 hours or more. But once, I once, once you hit over 24 hours, then it's kind of like, are they coming back for that? Yes, exactly. So once the person starts to think. <laughs> that scooter is just sitting there. I feel like if you have a scooter, you want it with you at all times. But it's funny because <laughs> this is how the law would actually function in this capacity. Okay. Is it would look at the facts and be like, well, would a person after 48 hours start to think, are you coming back for that? Sure. Well, so now we have to get that person whose scooter it is because clearly right. they're at court. Did you make any they're, effort? They're, they're filing <laughs> something because... Did you make any effort to contact the person or knock on the door? And what was like, that person doing? Fi- yeah. Were they minding their own business? Were but they after like a week... Did they go on vacation? After a week? After two weeks? Did they move to a new city? It's probably abandoned after two weeks. Yeah, for a scooter, that's right. for sure. But somewhere in between there, you don't really know. And so that's the weird thing with that. Although the intention of the company is to specifically leave them out 
for yes, but every but here's the difference: everyone knows that they're not there for free, and they're locked, and it requires an app program with money to be able. So to So you use can't it. take them because everyone knows. Everyone you knows can't take that them. they're not. Man, everyone knows that they're not abandoned. They're not property. for individual. Not for individual use. No, it's it comes down to whether or not it's abandoned <laughs> property. Everyone knows that's not abandoned property. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. that's why you can't take them. And they have GPS, so they know they'd get in trouble if they did. Well, yeah, but. If you if okay. you mistakenly okay. thought that they were abandoned, if you were like GPS from if you were if you were like a pygmy and you showed up and you were like oh a sick pygmy. a scooter <laughs> like without any knowledge I, of like I, how the I, law I, works I could do anything <laughs> you're like crocodile Dundee right you yeah. ca- you come from the mid- scooters yeah and you're like scooters <laughs> sweet and you I'm, pick I'm one still up on a car. you wouldn't be liable you wouldn't be liable for larceny because you didn't have the intent to steal you thought it was abandoned property. But eventually the GPS system would show up and they'd be like, hey, that's our fucking scooter. Yeah. Right. Give it back. <laughs> I'll point my spear at them. <laughs> like, no. Boy, these references. Yeah. yeah you put some, we're some weird deep, examples, we're man. deep references. All right. Well, that's kind of, I mean, I got a couple more if you guys want to get into some some hairy shit. But I, 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 I have I'm, to go color grade. Nico's got a color grade. Sam's got to edit. Yeah, it's that time. It's that time Ding of day. Dong. So. Ding dong, boys. Happy yeah, Friday. It's not Friday. It's Thursday. Well, yeah, but by the time that people are listening to this, it's Friday. <laughs> oh, yeah. so this is coming out tomorrow? <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed listening to this podcast. Uh, we certainly enjoy having these conversations on topics. Hashtag ropes. Hashtag big rope. <laughs> <laughs> it's all big rope's fault. Yeah. So I just want to thank uh, you guys for listening and taking part in this discussion with us. That's absolutely right. And if you guys are listening to audio only podcasts, consider doing it on Castbox, where you can find Corridor Cast as well as every other one of your favorite podcasts. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's a little app. You can download it and listen away. Cool. So please consider subscribing to the Corridor Cast channel if you haven't already, and please consider hitting that little bell icon, turning on notifications if you are a person who enjoys notifications for good videos. Ring-a-ding-ding. Um, Ring-a-ding-ding that bell, boys. Uh, yeah. Oh, also, please tell me, if you took the T-1000, you <laughs> six feet tall, weighed 200 pounds, and you split them in half into two 100-pound T-1000s, and they had the same proportions as the six-foot-tall one, how tall would the be three two... three feet tall. No, I mean, no, it'd be taller. It would be, yeah, be taller. That, that, that's, what, that's what my... I already kind of... Okay, I'd love to see the math on this. I'd love to see the math. Yeah. I don't, no, I, don't, I agree with Nico. I want to see and, it too. And feel free to do the equations with uh, any any weight. Because who knows how <laughs> much this liquid metal weighs. Turn no. it into a, a, a Google spreadsheet <laughs> like, so you can plug in any numbers you want. Let's give it the numbers. 200 pounds. It's not going to change. Six feet tall. Yeah, what? 1,000 pounds, six feet tall, and the 200 how pounds, wide? six feet tall. How wide? Same exact proportions. Oh, I see what you're saying. That's what I'm saying. I mean, okay, I, I six, foot tall, six foot tall man, 200 pounds. Like, six foot tall T-1000. Let me put it this way. You have a one foot by one foot by one foot cube. It weighs 100 pounds. Hold on. How, mu- how big, what are, the, what are the dimensions of a cube that weighs 50 pounds? Okay. It's there the it square is. cube line. There it is. It's, yeah, all right. It's, yeah. All right, general. Is, this, is, it, is it the exact same reason that freaking uh, Waterworld video? This is when you just this slowly can, turn down the volume. Yeah, we, we, it's we, not half by half, half by half. That's why we fade out. Because that fills up a, port, a small well, portion like, of it. Yeah. I, I would have one sphere no. and then another <laughs> sphere. Yeah. Like we already literally figured this out, guys. We asked them to figure this out. These guys aren't interested in math. Later.